Nurse Deck, we give nurses a place to belong. Whether that's a platform to be heard or the breathing room to be accepted right where we are today, Nurse Deck is proud to be built by our collective nurse voice. Our Insider's Perspective interview series showcases the true diversity in nursing experience through individual storytelling. We will hear from professionals from all walks of nursing life, in academia, at the bedside, in the C-suites of administration, and at the forefront of nurse-led innovation. Nurses are strong, but we need each other more than ever. Our stories connect and unite us, and we're thrilled to bring you a new one each week. I'm Brianna Kinney-Orr, and this is Insider's Perspective of Nursing, the podcast. Hi, everybody. Brianna here with another installment of our Insider Perspective interview series. Nurse Deck is proud to be built upon the collective nurse voice. And today we are adding the voice of Dr. Trenise Goodlow. Dr. Goodlow is an award-winning DNP educated nurse practitioner, an adjunct professor, and the founder of the Nurse Co Coaching Corporation, Dr. G, the NP. Um, so thank you for giving us your time today. As you can see, you're trucking along, which I am loving. Um, so thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Like I said, I'm incredibly humbled and honored to be here and just to have the invitation. So uh, really, I thank you for your time. So awesome. Well, let's jump in. Tell us about your current nursing role. Like, give us an idea of what your day to day looks like right now. Day to day is a little complicated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the annotated version now. Okay. <laughs> um, typically, I wake up in the mornings. Um, I usually go to the gym, wake up. I go to my main job, which I am a cardiology nurse practitioner. That is my full time, you know, yep. main gig, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I do occasionally teach um, in a graduate level program. I teach nurse practitioners. Um, I'm the first clinical course, so I kind of intermittently do that at a university, uh, which okay. I really enjoy. Um, and then my baby, which we just started uh, in June of 2021, is Dr. GDMP. That's really what I'm most passionate about. Um, unfortunately, what I found throughout my time being in school and then being an educator and then a professor, I see some gaps in nursing knowledge. Um, and so I want to be able to fill those gaps because I take issue that, you know, the universities don't show us certain things. We're expected to know those things. Yes. And there's no resource out there. So I'm just trying to fill a void. And yeah. so I'm very, very passionate about helping colleagues. That's amazing. And I completely agree. And we're, we'll definitely get more into the specifics of that um, further down the line here. Um, tell us how you got your start in nursing. This is probably my favorite question because everybody's story is so different, but there's usually like one little moment, you know, where you're like, ding. Um, so tell us what, how you got to where you are today. What got you started? Well, I have to say, um, my history with nursing is a little bit controversial. Uh, okay. I've done interviews before and I make, I don't mince words. Um, I have a, I used to have a love-hate relationship with nursing. Now it's a like-dislike. So it hasn't been. <laughs> okay. it's um, how I became a nurse, it's not this big, great story. Um, my mom said, you should be a nurse. <laughs> okay. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. My, and my dad was like, yeah, that, that's a good career. It's mm -hmm. flexible. Um, you get benefits. 
um, you will never be out of work. Mm -hmm. ever. Good job, security. <laughs> Correct. So I just kind of did what they told me to do. Uh, I was actually speaking to my husband. It was interesting. At one point, I was a double major with nursing and marketing, believe it or not. Because oh. I always had the entrepreneurial spirit, yep. but I didn't know how to quite apply it. Yeah. In undergrad, I used to sell TVs for commission at Sears and yeah. aging myself because Sears is no longer. But yeah, <laughs> that's funny. One of my like college boyfriends <laughs> used to work in the appliance department at Sears. So I am like 100% in that department with you right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> so um, I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit. I just wasn't sure how to really channel that or what that looked like yeah. from a professional standpoint. So I kind of just did what my parents told me to do. Yeah, I was not happy in undergrad. A lot of times I questioned, should I not be a nurse? That sort of thing. Yeah. Graduated, got on the floor, hated it. Yeah, and I can like, imagine. Like, I mean, it's hard enough when you like want to do it. <laughs> right, exactly. So I'm like, what am I doing here? Um, I didn't know. I felt very lost, mm -hmm. but I always had the ability to teach. So my coworkers were kind of jokingly making fun of me. This wasn't like any serious nurse bullying. But yeah. like jokingly saying, oh, Trinice is in there giving lessons to the patient. They had heart failure. I'm drawing a big heart. And I'm like, this is the this is where you're having a problem. And these medicines help here. Yeah. So I was always very much teaching. Right. Which um, for a lot of patients is the missing link. Like the doctor comes in, they hear like some big words. They're like, holy shit, I'm going to die. And then right. like, the nurse comes in and is like, any questions? And then they unload everything on you, you know? Right, because we are the patient advocates. They feel safe and comfortable with us. Yeah. We spend the majority of time with them. Yes. Um, so I always had this thing where I was business-minded, but I wanted to teach. But I always felt like nursing was teaching. So mm -hmm. those moments I was able to teach, I was happy. Yeah. Or I should yeah. say content. Right. So I hit a crossroad in 2014. At that point, I had been a nurse for almost four years. Mm -hmm. And my husband's an engineer. And I was like, maybe I should be an engineer. I'm good at math. I was like... You know, yeah. I, you know, he's happy. Maybe I should just be an engineer. Then I had the opportunity and I found out about BSN to DMP programs. And so I really was conflicted. I was like, do I want to give this another go mm -hmm. or do I just want to give up on it completely? Yeah. And so my mind was kind of like, I'm a, I'm a basketball player. I'm an athlete. So I'm a little competitive. Yeah. And I'm like, that doctorate just was really, really uh -huh. attractive to me. Yeah, that's a big Yeah, Right. <laughs> so I said, okay, we'll give it another go. But this time I'm going to do what I want. Um, and my, my, my parents, specifically my mom knows I'm not very, I really wasn't happy being a nurse. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm going to do what I want to do. So 80% of nurse practitioners do family practice. I did acute care. That was mm -hmm. purposeful. I wasn't going, if I was going to do it, I was going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I rolled in that program, always interested in cardiology, always reading strips. I was the nurse on the floor that could read strips. Wow. I was going to say that is like everybody backs away. <laughs> from... Right. Precisely. But that what was do you, not... What do you think it is? I'm not going first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take a detour in the story here. So people always kind of ask me, how'd you get, how, how did you become able to read right. 12 leads? Because most nurses can't. Yeah. First job, fresh, fresh, brand new, just graduated back in 2010. And the buyers of Louisiana working night shift. 4 a.m. would roll around. There I say the, the Q word. Mm -hmm, right. <laughs> um, and I was saw this big wall. They had the telemetry on our floor. This is strips. I was just fascinated. 
Yeah. And so I would always kind of wander back there and kind of stand next to the monitor tech. And she asked me, she said, hey, do you want to learn how to read strips? And I was like, is that something that a nurse needs to know how to do? She laughed. She goes, nurses cannot read strips. I was like, are you kidding me? She's like, no, they can't read strips. I said, okay. Then basketball player kicks in. Uh I'm like, well, I'm going to be able to read strips. Yeah. So between her and my preceptor, they kind of tag teamed me and we started reading all the strips for the entire floor at 4 a.m. Oh, my God. (laughs) So that's how my how it got started. Yeah. Fast forward to my last job on the floor in 2014. So 2014 was like a huge year for me. Um, Fast forward to that job. I'm day shift now. Getting a report from the night shift. Patients in normal sinus rhythm. I look at the telemetry monitor. I'm like, that doesn't look like sinus rhythm to me. It looks Mm -hmm. like a first degree and a bundle branch block. Mm -hmm. Now, back in those days, I couldn't tell you a left bundle or a right bundle. Mm -hmm. I could just tell you it was a bundle. Mm -hmm. I went to go check on the lady. She's fine. No symptoms. Tech's getting blood pressure for me. I'm checking her labs. I'm looking at her 12 lead when she was admitted. Perfect Mm -hmm. sinus rhythm. I called internal medicine. He's like, I don't know. Call cardiology. Fine. Call cardiology. He says, get another 12 lead. I get a new 12 lead. The 12 lead I got looked like the monitor, a first degree and a bundle branch block. Mm-hmm. So I called him back and I said, yeah, this is a first degree and a bundle branch block. I'm concerned. He comes mm-hmm. up to the floor, takes the physically takes the patient off the floor, never saw her again. Where'd so, she go? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, what? I saw him two weeks later in the elevator and I said, hey, what happened to that lady that you took from me that yeah. day? And he had to think for a second. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a, a small heart attack. Good catch. <laughs> so I was like. God. You're like, well, like then. That. Right. But things like that kept happening to me. I was precepting yeah. before we caught an active stroke. And I had my nurse manager in my ear. She's like, she needs to go back to school. She needs to go back to school. She needs to go. Back. And yeah. it's just the stuff started happening. So when I was trying to decide if I was going to leave or not, I was like, okay, I'm going to give it one more go. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you found your, your lane, so to speak. Yeah. And I really enjoy cardiology. I did my doctoral research in um, hypertension within African-American population. Yeah. So I saw that. You won awards for that dissertation. Yeah. Which yeah I'm very amazing. proud of that. That's yeah. incredible. <laughs> I can't even imagine like the work that goes into it to just like present it and be like, whew. And then to actually have it be recognized must've been an incredible experience. That happened in 2017. 2017 was an interesting year as well. I was working full time as a nurse educator. I was eight months pregnant when I defended it with our second child. Wow. And we had a small business on the side. I told you I'm very entrepreneurial. Like, yeah, we also yep. had a small business on the side. So it was a lot going on during that time. I defended yeah. and then I had our second son two weeks later. Holy Wow. So oh I'm, I told you, I'm, I'm kind of, if I want something, I just kind of yeah, zone in on it. That's, that's incredible. I mean, I can't even imagine like what working with you would be like. I mean, I'm, I am come from an ER background. So there's like a lot of like real type A, you know, leader of the pack personalities, whether or not they can back that up is, mm. but yeah, I, I just, it, it must've been cool to be your coworker at the time. I well, it, it's interesting. You said ER. See, that gets me excited, like not the good excited. Like I can't <laughs> like I'm, I'm not the ICU nurse. I'm not. That's not me. Like I really enjoy telemetry. I do outpatient cardiology. Don't get me wrong. We've had our yeah. clinic and we've had our situations. Right. But I kind of like building a relationship with yeah. the patient, um, yeah. managing their care. And I get to kind of see everything. 
yes. and not just the super not acute not. side of it. Yes. There's times where the MA will call me and say, hey, Dr. Goodlow, um, one of your patients saw she's having shortness of breath today. Can we squeeze her, squeeze her in? Mm-hmm. You know, like I like seeing stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now you're just reminding me of like the strips that would come out from, you know, the ambulances when they would call in on the bat phone. And like, I'm just picturing like the nurses that would run towards the strips, like, give it to me first. I'm going to read it versus (laughs) the ones that were like, where they were just here a second ago. Like, (laughs) but it's funny. It's, it's either like you love them or hate them. But, uh, yeah, I kind of have this philosophy. Um, you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So most people I know, particularly nurses, we are very um, caring people and we feel like we're very empathetic. Like we literally feel the patient right. going through something. Okay. So I look at it as if I walk into something I'm uncomfortable, I'm learning. So I'm better off next time. Right. So you have to fight that uncomfortable feeling yeah. and just kind of just let it happen. Cause you'll be all the wiser for it. Right. Yeah. Someone I was speaking with last week said, let the challenge change you. And I was like, man, that's a bumper sticker. If I ever heard one, that's, that's such a good way to look at it. But it's so hard in the moment when you're feeling those like icky feelings of like run, you know, Well, it's your fight or flight. Right. And it's human instinct to say danger, danger. I don't know this. I'm uncomfortable by, right. You have to kind of fight that. I always think of anybody who's great. Um, Coach, I'm a ball player. Absolutely love Kobe Bryant. Like, yeah, everybody knows I'm a Kobe girl. He would always have motivation and go into things. Oh, you can't. Oh, he couldn't do this. Oh, he couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went from being a ball player. He's fluent in four languages and won an Academy Award. Yeah. It's like when you set your mind on something, you just have to have that focus. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you right. want it. Keep going. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, lo- I love that. Um, tell us a little bit about your advocacy as an educator. Um, <laughs> I am. So I really think um, I've done some soul searching in the last year and I really know what my purpose is now. I have two purposes in life. One is to teach and the other is to inspire. Mm-hmm. Um, so teaching is at its core for me. Mm-hmm. I come from a family of teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, I love education. Yeah. Um, I do take issue with some of the things that um, or within nursing education as far as the gaps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But to be able to connect with students and be able to make that impact and show them real world experiences and be like, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. I understand that there's test world. But when you get out there, this is what is going to be. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's a hard thing to teach. It really is because it's a subjective experience for yourself. But to be able to translate that into a generalized um, feeling or, yeah, just a, an expectation that you're going to go into it um, is is a hard thing. But but I can definitely feel that that gap in, in nursing education, even as far back as when I went to school, you know? Yes, so, absolutely. Um, yeah. And so again, I, I don't run from that. I want to go in and kind of fill that gap because yeah. nurses are awesome. Like we're, we're awesome people. Um, and I don't like some of the things that happen to us. Yeah. Um, and I have very strong feelings about that being yeah. a female dominated field. Some of it is that. Yeah. Right. Um, just, we're kind of, um, for lack of a better word, particularly nurse practitioners, we're pimped out, right? Mm-hmm. And so yep. we get to the bottom of the barrel. I'm yep. acutely aware of that. Um, 
But the main issue is sometimes we're not getting everything that we need, but we're expected to do certain things. Yes. And when we don't meet those expectations, we're called incompetent, which is yes. not, you cannot 100%. expect someone to do something if they've never been shown how to do it. Right. Yeah. Yep. We're one of the only links in the hospital where things are just continually added to our plate, but like nothing is taken away. And then we have to document it in 20 different places. Correct. You know, meanwhile, you barely even can tell someone what your patient looks like, you know? Correct. And yeah. they keep adding COVID didn't help situations. Right. Um, I just really feel there, there needs to be a shift. There needs to be a change. Um, but as far as my role in that, I believe it's education. Yeah. Um, the, the colleagues that I have the privilege of working with through my business, they always ask me, they say, why do you, why do you think I can read strips? Like I'm coming to you telling you, <laughs> I, I need to learn how to read EKGs, but you are like not even worried about it. Yeah. I said, I'm not worried about it for one reason. You don't have to prove anything to me. Yeah. Who am I? You've been to school. You minimally have a master's degree. Most people haven't even graduated high school. Yeah. You're a working professional. You pass boards, you're maintaining things and you're safe. Mm-hmm. You don't, the issue is you have to prove it to yourself. Right. I'm just the guide yeah. to supplement that, but no one, you don't have to prove a thing to me. Yeah. I just want to help. Yeah. That's good. I mean, that takes like the pressure valve, you know, let some of the, the steam out, you know, so you can like get your clarity back about what's in front of you. Absolutely. Um, I think that's great. Tell us a little bit more, Dr. G, the NP. I love that. <laughs> um, your mission, your vision. I mean, you've, you've touched on it a little bit, but if you had to give like the elevator pitch. Oh, gosh. Um, really, it's twofold. One, I want nurses to not get impending doom when they're handed an EKG, particularly nurse practitioners. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was in a situation where um, I saw a patient. She's having shortness of breath. Went to the, she told me, I went to my PCP, they gave me an inhaler. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, still having problems, they gave me an antibiotic. I was still having issues, so I decided to come see you. Mm-hmm. I get an EKG on like 95% of people. The only reason I really wouldn't get an EKG is if I saw you last week and we're following up for blood pressure or, you know, it's just, it's just not warranted to have an EKG. The tech gives me the EKG. I'm like, I know why she's short of breath. She's an AFib. Yeah. But because the PCP either didn't want to get an EKG, was scared to interpret it, whatever the case may be, delayed that lady's care for over a month. Thank God she was already on a blood thinner because she had a history of AFib. She could have very well stroked out. Right, right, right. And that would have been very detrimental. So it's, yeah. it's those sort of things that kind of, you you cannot run from it. You have yep. to run into it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, as we can see, people that are viewing this, you're walking on a treadmill right now. <laughs> I know yes. that you do some of your, your coaching and lecturing on the treadmill. Tell me the, the story, how that started. Your community of real nurses is waiting for you. Join Nurse Social from NurseDeck today to connect and network with nurses from all over. Ask questions and share advice. Only verified nurses and nursing students have access to member areas. So new nurses, veterans, mentors, and leaders are here to connect and support one another. Get rewards for participating in your community score social points as you engage with fellow nurses and redeem your credit to support a growing list of products and services 
created by other nurses. Follow topics that interest and affect you as a nurse. Your peers are creating topics and stocking them with an unlimited supply of advice and resources. And you can follow along to help build a better world for nurses everywhere. Head to social.nursestack.com to join in today. We'll see you there. Um, it started for a couple of different reasons. One, I put a lot of time and effort into trying to help nurses and my colleagues and in, in building this business and this platform. But I also want to be healthy myself. And as I said before, I'm pretty athletic and I kind of am an active person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was one, I didn't want to become sedentary because I was sitting so long mm-hmm. working on things and then yeah. a detriment to my health. So that's number one. Number mm-hmm. two, I also do it to inspire people because mm-hmm. I want people to say, well, man, she's up there. She's lecturing and she's on the treadmill. So surely yeah. I can go walk for 20 minutes. Right. Um and three, you have to practice what you preach. Yes. Um, very much in my hypertensive management course, I touch on AHA guidelines and ACC guidelines. Mm-hmm. And it states we all should get a minimum of 150 minutes of moderate exercise per week. Right. Which is includes 2.5 miles per hour walking. Yeah. So you have, you cannot, I'm not the type of provider that's going to tell a patient, oh, well, you better start walking 30 minutes a day. And mm-hmm. I don't do it myself. That's being right. hypocritical. I'm not a hypocrite. Right. So the fourth reason why I do it is sometimes I have some nervous energy and kind of, again, being an athlete, I get a little nervous sometimes before lectures and I'm kind of like, okay, it kind of settles me down and I'm kind of yeah. in my groove. So, yeah, no, I think it's great. I feel like it's self-care in action, <laughs> like plus like <laughs> the component of like also showing people like this is what it looks like. like it doesn't have to be this big, like fancy you know gym membership deal like literally just move your body around for 30 minutes a day you know absolutely like i said to teach (laughs) bless you to teach and inspire those are my two purposes if i'm doing that i'm i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing yeah and also really i mean the mark of a true leader is someone that like does the stuff that they're recommending to you 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 have to i mean i guess you don't have to but a lot of people don't though you know, and they have a million excuses why they're too busy not to, you know, the busyness and productivity awards are plain and center on their chest, but it's, uh, yeah, it's not doing any favors when you well, go I mean, into an EKG with your cardiologist. <laughs> well, I look at it like this. I tell my patients this, you have to, everything's hard. Pick your hard. Yeah. Do you want the hard to be your shorter breath? Um, you're in and out seeing providers every month because you're uptight trading um, heart failure regimen, mm-hmm. or do you want to spend a little bit more money on food, which by the way, the medicine is more expensive than the food. Just want to state that spend more money on the food, be a little active and then not do those things. Life yeah. is hard. Everyone's life is hard. You have to pick your heart. Yeah. That's such, that's just true. <laughs> so it's just true. Um, we've talked a little bit about your entrepreneurial spirit Tell us as a nurse entrepreneur, as a nursepreneur, what's the biggest challenge you've had so far and how you overcame it? Gosh, um, I'm actually currently in the midst of a business challenge right now. Um, I feel as though my platform isn't big enough. Um, Mm -hmm. It's interesting. So um, I have a certain amount of clientele that come in and we do surveys Mm -hmm. to get feedback to improve on the services. 
-hmm. and the scores are quite well. People are happy. They rebook. That's fantastic. Yeah. But that's only a very small um, population. Right. Right. So kind of getting my messaging out and getting my marketing out. Um, I was actually having a conversation with my husband, who's my business partner. He's more behind the scenes. He does mm -hmm. like taxes and those sort of things. Yeah. Um, but I was telling him how frustrated I am because I know I have something special. It's, it's really frustrating to be in a situation where you know you got it, mm -hmm. but it's like no one else, not too many people know. And I just want to share yeah. that. Right. It, everything I teach is what I wish I would have known. Yeah. So if right. I'm teaching you that, you're going to be light years ahead and mm -hmm. you don't have to struggle. Yeah. People hoard information, particularly physicians, yeah. I find. Some physicians huh. are great with teaching, yeah. but I find that people hoard information. I don't believe in that because yeah. if you hoard information, patients are suffering. Right. And you have an ego when you hoard information. Yeah. You have to share because it can save a life. Yeah. You have to. Do you think that's where it comes from? Or do you think it stems from ego-driven reasons? Or do you think it's people are just like so burnt out they just can't be bothered to explain it to more than one person? With the one person hopefully being their patient. <laughs> well, I don't know. Because as you said earlier, there's this disconnect with patient education. Mm -hmm. So the patients aren't getting the information. And yes, mm -hmm. pro provider burnout is real. Mm -hmm. Life Work-life work balance is suffering, particularly in times today. Sure. But just think about how much better providers would be, patients would be, if we had were a lot, afforded the time to slow down and explain. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you a quick story. Um, I remember I was in my office um, and we have a medical assistant. He's fantastic. He really is. He, he's, he's stellar. And so he was struggling a little bit. So he said, hey, Dr. G, quick question for you. He's like, one of the cardiologists said that this person has cardiomyopathy mm -hmm. and I'm reading the report and I'm trying to explain it in a way that doesn't scare them, but let them know that it's serious and we mm -hmm. need to see them. Right. I don't know how to explain cardiomyopathy. Yeah. That's why I said, okay, I'm happy you asked. That's my specialty. Yeah. I I'm a translator. Yeah. I said, I said, hey, just tell them he tell them that they have a weak heart. That's it. Mm -hmm. We need to see you because you have a weak heart. Mm -hmm. So you think about cardiomyopathy. So that's the noun. Cardiomyopathy means weak heart. And mm -hmm. you think about hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or dilated cardio cardiomyopathy or ischemic cardiomyopathy or non-ischemic cardiomyopathy. So that's mm -hmm. the adjective, right? Like that's why you have right. a weak heart. Right. That's the way I like to explain it to patients. And even when I'm teaching my students or colleagues. Right. But we don't need the big words. Yeah. Just say what it is. Right. <laughs> okay. It's Just so true. It and we're all on the same page. Right. Yeah. And like pause between, you know, when you do have to throw a bigger word out there that you know that they're going to come across, pause to let that sink in because they're not going to download anything you're going to say in the next three minutes anyway. You know? It's, yeah. It's, I used to always. That was always a passion of mine in the ER too and part of my favorite job. So that's why I feel like I am right there with you about like the whole translator thing. And like, yeah, I used to absolutely. love it when you'd see that. I mean, I had this lady one time, <laughs> not to get too off, off topic, but she would come in for with chronic constipation to the ER and she was okay. like 92. And finally oh. one day I was like, think of your poop like a train at a station. And like right before it leaves your rectum, that's the like terminal station all the people are getting off 
in this case, it's the water leaving your, your poop. And the longer it sits there at that station, the harder it's gonna be, the more you gotta work to get it out. Mm -hmm. She was like, why did no one ever do this? <laughs> she like sent me a basket of fruit or, I mean, it oh, was like- that's sweet. <laughs> it, it just like, I mean, I remember her, that must've been like 15 years ago and I still remember her. And it's like something so simple for us to, you know, to deal with, but she was one of my, my most favorite people. And it's for that exact reason, like you just need to explain things to people in a way that they can understand so that they can be autonomous in their own health. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's the key really. And it's, you're right. It's a, such a big part of nursing education that's missing. So I really wish you. that I could go into universities and teach what I teach for my business. Yeah. Um, I've done, I've done it for a couple of organizations. I, I have done it. Um, but for example, I'll give a quick example on EKG LVH left ventricular hypertrophy actually just finished doing some stuff with LVH. So I guess it's on my mind today, mm -hmm. but it's like, if I know what LVH is, left ventricular hypertrophy, mm -hmm. if I know the leading causes hypertension and I know the second leading cause is aortic stenosis. So mm -hmm. if I can recognize it on an EKG, now I'm automatically gonna wanna know what the patient's blood pressure is. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna listen real hard for a systolic murmur at the right sternal border. Mm -hmm. Just because I know that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the stuff I teach in my courses, like right. what it is, why you yeah. need to know it. Once you know it, you're a rock star. They can't yeah. touch you. You're yeah. a rock star. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it. yeah, you're, you're on there. You just, I mean, keep doing what you're doing. The audience will come if they're not there yet. <laughs> I, you, you do. You have something special for sure. Well, thank you. Um, I, I feel it in my bones and I, you know, I really appreciate you. Like I said, this platform, this conversation, um, yeah, you've just been absolutely. so kind and welcoming. So like yeah. I said, I, I'm just grateful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about, we're, we're going to pull back to the current working conditions for nurses right now. I mean, we've <laughs> been through so much. I mean, even before the COVID-19 pandemic hit, which just exposed everything in a giant pressure cooker situation. Um, currently working conditions for nurses, how, how do you think we're doing out there? Um, I think that we are, not to get controversial, I think we're abused. Yeah. I think this is an abusive relationship, mm -hmm. oh right? God, and so true. if you're in an abusive relationship, it's cyclic. Mm -hmm. Right, like oh, we're oh, you guys are the heroes. Mm -hmm. Like you're the heroes right. of healthcare. Yes. Yeah, this is great. And then once you're like, oh yeah, I'm a hero, you get there, and it's like nothing's changed. Yeah, right. So the hero, the hero narrative just pushes us farther away. When you're on a pedestal, you're farther away from everybody else that really understands what you go through. Well, when you say a nurse is a hero, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying nurses are not heroes. Right. But when you make this persona of I'm a hero, I have superpowers, it's like I can pile more on you because you're superhuman. Yes, and exactly. so it continues to get right. cyclic, like I was saying. So yes. I think we're abused and I think that we are tired mm -hmm. and rightfully so. Yeah. Nurses make up the biggest sector of healthcare. Yeah. The biggest sector. You would think the biggest sector would have the biggest, the most amount of power. Yeah. Fortunately, that's not the case. Yeah. But I think to answer your question, again, I think we're abused and I think that we are tired. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that there's a shift coming? Do you feel like nurses are, are, I mean, I think there's awareness being raised, which is great, but like the action that needs to follow it, 
I just hope it happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful for several things. And again, maybe a bit controversial, my views. Um, but I think that we have to take care of people. So nurses are professional caregivers. Mm-hmm. But who's caring for the caregiver? Mm-hmm. And paying someone a reasonable wage is not absurd. Yeah. It, it's just not. Right. Um, I am an advocate for a full practice for nurse practitioners. Mm-hmm. I am, yeah. and I proudly state that. Yeah. Um, I, again, there is obviously a huge difference between me and a physician. I'm not saying that. I'm right. not saying that they don't have more training. Not yeah. saying that. Mm-hmm. But there are certain tasks that are the same. Yeah. If I'm going to treat someone, a low acuity patient for hypertension, it doesn't matter. Right. Like yeah. I did my dissertation in hypertension. Right. Matter of fact, the cardiologists I work with, if somebody has hypertension, they'll send them to me. Because yeah, they right. have confidence in my ability to treat. Yes. Right. So, yes, if they need to get stented and they need a cath, yes, that's the physician. Yes, that's them all the way. Yes, do mm-hmm. that. But they don't have to do everything. Right. And so if I'm doing the same thing as you, why is it that it's 85% pay reimbursement? I, I don't understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, being a doctorally prepared nurse, I am an advocate of, of us getting as much education. I'm an advocate of anybody getting as much education as possible. Yeah. You will never regret learning more. Right. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> it's, there's no negative to it. Yeah. But unfortunately, <laughs> in our field, you're not really compensated for right. that education. So yeah. I have several issues. And, and then again, as a female dominated field, um, women, particularly white women only make 73 cents, excuse me, 72 cents per dollar of a white man. Mm-hmm. Women of color only make 63 cents per dollar of a white man. Mm. So then you have socioeconomic gaps getting wider and wider and wider. Yeah. You're expected to do just as much, but you're getting, right. getting a third less. Yeah. So in inflation, everything's going up. Yeah. People can't even have children anymore. They can't get houses right. like you could 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane to me. It It is. <laughs> yeah. So vortex of just no, you can't do everything. <laughs> really. No, but as you stated so eloquently, something has to change. Um, personally, I don't think anything's going to anything's going to change until it hits the um, the legal sector, Congress, mm-hmm. House of Reps. Mm-hmm. Laws being like right from my perspective, that's the only thing that is going to actually change. Right, as right. long as the laws are not in place and this continues, yeah, it will continue. Yeah, you know, I talked to this guy. I want to say a couple of weeks ago, and I hope I I think it's the University of Ohio, but he works on this like government advisory panel that's made up of like a lot of different disciplines, but it has a heavy nurse presence, and they Good. work directly with their legislatures Good. to help them and at like create bills and and be like the voice of nursing in in this like active legal real-time process which right. i was like this is that's amazing like it's you know you, you think of like unions and people mobilizing there right but unions is such a polarizing topic that not everybody's on board with that and like that's a whole other topic but he i was like i've never even heard of this this is great like is this that every academic thing and he's like well i don't know i can only speak for our you know institution but it's like, that's, that is the way to go is more nurses at the table where the decisions are being made. Absolutely. And there's a grassroots movement in Texas. Yeah. Um, nurses that I'm aware of. I always tell, and I'm, I'm I always preface it. I'm not a political person, Like 
I don't, I'm not telling you, oh, you should be a Republican or you should be Democrat or you should be green. I'm not saying that. What I am saying though is whoever has our best interest, that is where you need to go. Right. Because yeah. sometimes you might have to say, well, I'm, I'm independent, but if the Republicans are kind of, kind of help nursing with staffing ratios and right. or whoever, I mean, I'm just, you know, giving yeah. an example, but sometimes you have to overlook something to get ground. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. So yep. that's what I am very passionate about is supporting whoever supports us. Yes. Because yeah. the whole system will shut down. Right. right. And furthermore, to compound the issue, then you have to worry about the financial aspect. Mm -hmm. So people are getting upset because travel nursing is right. making like so much money that right. it's like absurd. But why yeah. is it absurd? Yeah. So you don't pay us right. We found a way to bypass, bypass that. <laughs> yeah, then right. that's the problem. Uh -huh. Then they can't staff with the regular people because those people went. Right. They're leaving. Yep. Yeah. It's insane. If you right. just, I'm a proponent. If you treat people right, things will go a lot smoother. Just <laughs> treat people the right way. I it's know. all you got to do. Don't, yeah. don't do that. You have to have morals and ethics and do right by folks. Yeah. I firmly believe that. Yeah, no, well said. Talk to us. I mean, you you talked about being eight months pregnant, defending your dissertation. <laughs> I think there's like three other things that I've already <laughs> forgotten because I like didn't get past the eight months pregnant thing. <laughs> um, how do you deal when you feel burned out <laughs> with everything that you do, past or present? Like, how do you identify it? How do you manage it? How do you get back on track? Um, a couple things. So to preface what you kind of just said, and people ask me all the time, how do you, how are you pregnant defending nurse educator full time? And you had a small business, right? That yeah. had, you had one, we already had one son. And like I said, we're pregnant. Mm -hmm. I have three, three children in total, but at the time I was just pregnant with my middle son. Mm -hmm. So they're like, how did you wow. do all of that? What is <laughs> yeah. the secret? By the way, I do not do coffee. I don't do caffeine. I don't do stimulant. I don't, I don't. I can do believe that about you. So, <laughs> so this is my, this is my secret. I am extremely, extremely good at compartmentalizing. Mm. Like extremely good. Like when I'm mm -hmm. with my family, I'm with my family. Mm -hmm. If I'm working, I'm working. If I'm doing mm -hmm. stuff for students, if I'm teaching with Dr. G, I'm, I'm always tuned in, in to yeah. what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So when I feel overwhelmed, I felt overwhelmed about two days ago. I kind of just stop, like literally physically stop, stop mm -hmm. my body mm -hmm. and just kind of try to relax. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I do that I absolutely love is exercise. Mm -hmm. it, it just, I love lifting weights. Yeah. I love moving like it just releases tension. It just releases everything. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to go do some push-ups. Like, <laughs> you know, so, um, <laughs> so I do try to take a step back sometimes, um, but I don't do very well sitting. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, I can see that. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, my husband, I'm, I'm actually recovering from surgery. I, I had mentioned that to you guys earlier. Yeah. And so um, the surgeon told me, walk as much as you can. Like oh, don't push it. <laughs> yeah. like, don't walk the 13,000 steps a day that you were doing. I was going to say, does he, <laughs> he knows you well enough to know the frame. But he's he's like, releasing that into. You're going to need to move around. Yeah. And so there was one day I was just restless at the house and my husband works from home. He literally told me, he's like, 
you need to sit down. I said, what are you talking about? I just got up. I've been laying all day because mm-hmm. I'm recovering. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, you need to sit down. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's been a <laughs> challenge. Um, I do have all this energy and I have, um, I'm very intentional in what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what I would say about being burnt out. I, I kind of like to exercise and get it out. Or sometimes mm-hmm. I will just like, it'll be like at night and I'm like, I'm just going to watch TV like for the rest of the night. I'm not going to work on the business. I'm not going to do any, I'm just going to enjoy TV and just kind of chill out. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, we talk a lot on our community about going through some kind of a ritual between like your commute home from work. So you can transition into like being off the clock and not thinking about it for a little bit and how like for some people you legit have to go through motions to like trigger it in your brain that like, I am not at work anymore. Because otherwise you're just running through scenarios from the day because of how put upon <laughs> nurses are. You well, know? I, I will say this. Um, again, how, how I stated earlier, I used to have a love-hate relationship with nursing. I kind of disliked it. I had some really bad times as a floor nurse. Um, yeah. Patients being disrespectful to me, like yeah. trying to somebody trying to hit me, yeah. uh, a coworker bully me. Like I, I, I just was not happy. Mm-hmm. But now I'm very much like, I don't have that problem. I really don't go home thinking about the day. Yeah. And maybe it's just my personality because I'm kind of like, that's over now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'll be yeah. back tomorrow, but like, there's not anything I can actually do right now. Right. I've only one time really took work home. Like, of course, every now, when you're new, you got to bring charts home. Like, I don't yeah. count that. That's that's situational. Right. There was only one time I really was like bringing work home. I was on the phone with the MA. I was worried about this lady who had heart failure. So I was like, okay, let's get these labs. And then we're going to up this. And we're going right. to do that, that sort of thing. So I was very, very concerned. And we yeah. were borderline going to the hospital. Right, right. Um, but I guess I'm more putting my energy into my business mm-hmm. because I'm trying to build this platform. Now, I will admit right. I have problems turning that off. Yeah, yeah. So many ideas. And, right. you know, when you're an employee, yeah, <laughs> you know, you don't, there's only so much creativity that right. I can have within yeah. the practice environment. But yeah. when you're building something yourself, it's like, oh, I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. You know? Right. And the decisions feel more like monumental, <laughs> like yes. they're going to have more far reaching consequences. So you want to make the right decision and not like, well, I'll just deal with whatever the fallout is down the road, you know? Right. No, no, no. Um, I'm very much like, this is like personal to me. Like Dr. Yeah. G is very personal to me Yeah. Um, because we deserve better. Yeah. And I know I can provide better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. More into vlogs than pods. You can also watch these interviews. Check out Nurse Stack on YouTube for video features of these amazing nurses and more content by and for nurses. Just search Nurse Stack on YouTube to find us and get watching. Well, the last topic I want to cover is community. Um, Nurse Stack, we're huge on community. I mean, we provide a virtual community for people that maybe don't have like the belly to belly community that, you know, we I feel like existed when I first became a nurse. But then I saw how the units were changing and like we'd get so many you know, so much turnover, which I know a lot of people are dealing with that right now too. Um, can you speak a little bit about an, a community you've been a part of or, you know, a community like ours, whatever, 
um, comes to mind. It doesn't even have to be nursing related, but um, we're, we love talking about community. So I'd love your thoughts on it. Um, I admit, I think I share the same sentiment as you that um, community is huge because you want the, the reason why community is so big is because you're heard. Yeah. Right. Like everybody wants to be heard. Yeah. And then when you find someone that's similar, you're like, okay, well, I'm not crazy. This stuff does happen. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And yeah. so it, it, it's one being heard and do being confirmed. Mm -hmm. That feels great. Right. When you're like, see, I told you, like yeah. you, feel, you feel validated. validated. Right? Yeah. Right. right. So that is extremely important. The third part of community that I think is very, um, very important and it's the part that people fear that don't have the same beliefs is a mobilization, right? Mm -hmm. Like people mm -hmm. having movements, like yeah. when you, when enough people are experiencing something and they're yeah. all validated by that and it's like, okay, yeah. what are we going to do about that? Yes. Yes. So community is huge. Absolutely huge. Um, for myself personally, there are a couple groups that I am looking at joining their community because I do share similar beliefs within the nursing field, like specifically. Mm -hmm. um, but to be transparent, <laughs> between the three jobs and the three kids and me recovering <laughs> from surgery, yeah, kind of not, you know, I'm not in that right. I, I don't have the bandwidth currently to right, right. be a contributing um, yeah. person to that. So Yeah, no, I think having the platform and working on your business is going to provide a community or is going to better prepare nurses that are part of those communities so that they can also put that message out there. And, you know, just being around people that are empowered and are confident and are prepared is a huge, just like, if she can do it, I can do it too. Or if he can do it, I can do it too. I mean, absolutely. And yeah. not only that, when you do find community, there's a quote, I'm sure you've heard this quote before, this saying before, it's pretty popular. It says, never be the smartest person in the room. Yeah, <clears throat> I right. fully agree with that. Yeah. 100% because you can't get better if you're already are the, are the best within that scenario. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. like when I'm at work and a cardiologist, if they're in the mood to teach, got the notebook out, let's go. Yeah. What you gonna tell me like I'm ready. Yeah. And then I kind of reflect and I think, okay, now how can I say this in a simple way? I want to think about how to translate it from my understanding. Right. Yeah. I want patients and colleagues and my students to be empowered when they speak to me. Mm -hmm. And my job is to cut the confusion. Right. Yeah. You're not the full stop of where that information is landing <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Right. So we, we just have to, um, like I said, we got to, we just, we do have to mobilize. I, yeah. I, I do agree with that, but community is absolutely huge. It's, it's monumental. Yeah. Well, lastly, I know that you have spoken on the subject of bullying in the workplace, and that's a topic we talk about on Nurse Stack quite a bit. Um, I will say, I feel like up and coming nurses tend to say that it, it's it's not a thing anymore as much or they don't experience it as much or they feel more welcomed. I don't know if that's like <laughs> just the relief that nurses have that are, nurses are still coming into the field despite COVID and all of that, you know, ramifications. But what do you think in terms of like the whole nurses eat their young? Do you think it's improving, um, you know, staying the same or can you briefly give your thoughts on that? Um, I'm happy you asked me this question. <laughs> I have several thoughts about nurse bullying. Um, the last job I had in which I was on the floor, 
like with nurses. I was a nurse mm-hmm. educator and that was, I left that job in 2018. So I understand that that is four years ago, mm-hmm. but as an educator, looking back, like watching the nurses, mm-hmm. I did see some of it. Yeah. Um, I even gave my nurse billing talk at that hospital. Like I was oh, asked okay. to do it at that hospital. Yeah. Um, I find it very hard to believe that it's just simply evaporated. Yeah. I wouldn't I say it's, hard to you know, not gone, but I think, the the difference between like more seasoned nurses versus like newer nurses there's definitely like a marked difference between the two which i i you know i'm i'm more i think of your time period for nursing like getting into the field so i think you know i definitely experienced it for sure <laughs> well i have to admit so currently in my role i'm the only nurse i'm the only nurse practitioner it's three physicians and like five MAs mm-hmm. and then me. So mm-hmm. I actually don't have the privilege of being around nurses, mm-hmm. nurses as much as I was, of course, before it was nurses sure. everywhere. And we were, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question and I, the name is escaping me. There's a nurse theorist. She first described nurse bullying back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And I still believe that this is true. She basically said the foundation of nurse bullying is you are a um what's a good word to describe it oppressed you're an oppressed group okay Mm. you're going to be oppressed because it's a female dominated profession it just Mm. is what it is Mm -hmm. so when you feel oppressed you're upset you're angry why is this Mm. happening i deserve power so Mm -hmm. some nurses instead of trying to empathize and mobilize as we stated to try to make conditions better for all of us are kind of like well yeah, I'm oppressed, but I'm gonna, I'm going to say this about me and you. So that I feel a little bit better because I put you down, mm-hmm. and I do it because I'm oppressed. Right. It's I like find the hot that potato of oppression passing right. it along. Yeah. Right. Precisely. So that's why I personally don't think that it is gone. Not to say that it's better, perhaps, yeah. but if it's better, it's simply because let's be real, nursing has a lot of turnover. Yeah. And rightfully so with COVID. Yeah. Right. So if you're in a sink or swim environment, I think people are going to be more willing to help. Mm-hmm. COVID came in and just slapped us in the face. <laughs> yeah, right? right. Like, like you just were walking and somebody just went, poop. Yeah. Just, like like in being in the, the haunted house. You don't know what's coming around the turn, but you know, it's not going right. to be good. <laughs> right. So I think COVID gave us some camaraderie. Yeah. Right. I, I, I really do. Yeah, and obviously I, I don't like COVID. I mean, COVID was absolutely horrible and so many people lost loved ones. That's insane. Mm -hmm. And I personally know people that passed from COVID. Yeah. But I think that it gave us a little bit more camaraderie. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that will continue to Mm -hmm. be the case and improve. We all know what, hopefully this time next year, it's going to be over. Right. I mean, COVID will still be here, but you know what I mean? Like we're not going to be in the pandemic. The light is going to be over. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it'll be interesting to see this time next year. Mm-hmm. is bullying scenarios picking up right um, in my speech i talked about this girl um my presentation that she killed herself this girl mm-hmm. was in in england one of the european countries i i, I can't remember where yeah. but she basically hung herself mm. um over nurse bullying yeah so um it always baffles me even though the nurse theorist was talking about oppression and you feel oppressed so i'm gonna i'm gonna get a leg up. So I feel better, mm-hmm. but it always baffles me how we are the most trusted profession. 
-hmm. for 20 plus years, mm -hmm. but yet we have the problem of nurse bullying. Yeah. I cannot figure it out. I, yeah. I, I, as an educator, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I think there's a certain like righteousness that like, at least the nurse bullies that like the epic ones from our floor that were just notorious, like they definitely thought they were like the shit, you know? So they, right, absolutely. So they don't think they're really doing anything wrong. They feel entitled to behave in that way to nurses that they feel are inferior because for all the reasons that you're saying, like the, the, they're still under the same stressors whether or not they think they're in the right for how their behavior is. So, and uh, you know, that is quite interesting. So obviously when you have experience, you're more comfortable. Like everybody mm -hmm. knows that. Okay. Sure. Um, it was funny. I saw a patient and he knew I was new. This was probably a couple years ago. He was like, Oh yeah, I want to see you. You just graduated. You know, all the new stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> you're like, thank you. Right. It's, it's a, it's a double edge. You sword. see me. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that when you speak life into people and you mentor them mm -hmm. and you see their light bulb turn on mm -hmm. and then you see them just fly. How could you not love right. that? Like, right. like that feeling is like why I do Dr. G like. Right. I have clients texting me. I, she texted me last week. She's like, Trinice, guess what? I was like, what's up? She's like, I caught a bifascicular block. Oh, <laughs> So you're the one like, who'll understand. <laughs> yeah. I was just, well, she's a she's actually a pre-op NP. Wow. Yeah. So they had to get cleared for surgery. Yeah, yeah. He caught awesome. a bifascicular block. The guy ended up getting stints. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's why you get an EKG before surgery. <laughs> right. And so she was like, just thanking me. She's like, before I met you, I never heard of a bifascicular block, let alone wow. what it was. And it just those words intimidate me. But she's yeah, like, now right. I've got, she's like, the way you explain it, I just got, it. I picked it up so quick. Like we have to stop. He needs further work up. And sure yeah. enough, he did. Wow. Yeah. That must be an amazing feeling to have. I love that feeling. When like they text that. me, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. yes right. Yes. And you're right. I mean, that's such a good point too, about the whole bullying aspect, because as just like a, looking at it as like a systems perspective, my husband's also an engineer. So he would like stamp this conversation with his approval. But as like a systems perspective, if you are looking to alleviate your stress from feeling like the burden of being a nurse, one avenue is to bully your new like preceptee. And the other avenue is to like teach and mentor. And even though that's a slower return on investment, that's the one that hopefully is going to stick with you and make you feel better about your job and alleviate the stress versus just right. like, ugh, like dumping all over someone, which only makes you feel better for that 10 minutes, maybe, you know? You just have to be kind. Um, you have to treat people right. Um, I'm just a real proponent that you have to do the right thing. Yeah. You, you have to have integrity. I just, no. it baffles me how we have so many problems. <laughs> and a lot of it is an integrity issue. Yeah. Like for example, the really? pay. So why, why should a white male make 28 cents more right. than a white female? Right. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm just, that's an integrity thing, right? You pay yeah. somebody for what their time. It's yeah. just as simple as that. Right. But, you know, that's a yeah. whole nother topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I know you're recovering from surgery. I don't want to <laughs> keep you on this treadmill forever, though I feel like 
just knowing you for this brief amount of time, even after we stop talking, I feel like you might do another five minutes. Um, for, um, I'm actually feeling pretty good today. Uh, okay, good. Perhaps. Uh, <laughs> I am also the family member of like patients that like hear one thing and you're like, you know, when they said return to your normal level of activity, that's like not your normal level. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love you if you're watching this. I'm so sorry, but you know, it's true. Um, <laughs> but we would love to have you on our nurse sex social channel. Um, we have all kinds of amazing groups. Like you have such a special energy and a special light. And thank you. I know anybody that listens or reads or watches this conversation is going to get so much out of it. Um, I, I know you've piqued my curiosity. I, that's the thing I love about doing these conversations is like, I learn something new every time. It makes me want to like go Google stuff, <laughs> like stay up past my bedtime again. Um, yep, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> we so appreciate your your time and your story and just all of your different viewpoints. It's It's been awesome talking to you. Well, like I said, Brandon, you've been fabulous. Um, I'm just grateful. I kind of told you this off offline and I'll say yep. it online. Um, I'm just extremely grateful. Um, thank you for your time. Um, just, just thank you. It seems like it's not enough to say thank you, but I know. Well, we feel exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) We love, we love getting all, every, all of you guys out there as well. That's our job really. So, um, we will definitely be continuing this conversation in our different social spheres and, um, Julia will be in touch with you and she will let you know once these things start sprinkling out. Um, Fabulous. And we'll tag you and do all those yes. wonderful, wonderful things. So, <laughs> but uh, awesome to meet you. Thank you so much for yeah, doing this. Thank you. Us. Like I said, if y'all need anything from me, please hit me up. Um, I'm easy to contact. Um, yeah. I mean, I work during the day, which is why I do a lot of stuff in the evening, but still I'm, I'm not a hard person to contact. I'll just say yep. that. We will, we will definitely provide everything for, for people too, to get in touch with you and follow along. So thank awesome. you so Happy. much. Have a great night. Thank you. You take good care of yourself. Okay. All right. <laughs> Bye. This has been a Nurse Tech production hosted by NP Jamie Smith and RN Brianna Kinney Orr. This episode was produced and edited by Juan Paolo Toison and Julia Taliesin. Join us on social.nursedeck.com to connect with podcast hosts and guests and experience a truly nurse-centered online community. Thank you for listening.